0: How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 170 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and on today's show, I'm answering the second part of the mailbag question that I got a couple of days ago, and also some history was made not just baseball, but all men's pro sports leagues on Friday, so we're going to talk about the Marlins hiring of Kim Eng to be their next GM, so that's what's on the docket for today, but before I get started, please make sure to follow us on social media at Locked is on, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by ByJasonB on Twitter, and if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So a couple of days ago, I answered the first part of a mailbag question about Billy Bean's legacy in Oakland and how he'll be perceived long-term. Uh, that is in your podcast feed. If you have already subscribed to the podcast, it is there. You can get my opinions on that. Uh, but... Today, I'm taking over the second part of this mailbag question, and this one is also sent in by Russell. And he asks, just curious if you would take the A's 11 playoff appearances since 2000 or the Rays 2 pennants since 2008. And uh, first off, thank you for the question, Russell. I always appreciate getting mailbag questions from you guys because I legitimately enjoy interacting with people that listen to the podcast and all that stuff, because uh, I'm a very approachable guy. And also, I've been in quarantine for nine months, and I like human contact. So uh, make sure to send in your mailbag questions to lockdownathletics at gmail.com. And before I answer his question outright, uh, I also want to add that he told me that him and his dad have been debating this one and needed me to break the deadlock to set the record straight. Uh, I did ask which side I was supposed to be on, and he said his side was the raisin there to penance. Uh, I also want to add that the Rays have four other postseason berths in that span, but have lost in the ALDS each time. That is just another point that will come up here in just a few minutes. But um, the way that the question was phrased to me. I had been thinking that two World Series appearances with nothing in between over a 13-season span or 11 postseason appearances with mostly quick exits over the last two decades. uh, Which one would I take in that case? So that's what I'm going to answer, and then I'll go into it a little bit further here in a minute, too. Uh, So if that is the case, and it's two World Series appearances, uh, the, the Rays lost both of these in both 2008 and in 2020, or the A's in their 11 playoff appearances, but they've been wildcard defeats, or ALDS defeats, or the one ALCS defeats. There's a lot of defeats on both sides of this one. So if I'm uh, choosing between the Rays losing a couple World Series, or the A's and their 11 postseason defeats, then I'm probably going to go with the A's being in the playoffs a little more than every other year on average uh i know that the rays have made two world series but they're three and eight in those games and that sounds even worse than the a's going out early because they make you believe in that team and then they play like a club with a 272 winning percentage which uh, does not sound like a lot of fun doesn't seem like you're getting the team that you've been rooting for all season in the biggest stage of them all so uh I don't think that that's a better option for me personally. Uh, That would not be good for my mental health, so I would take the A's in that regard. Um, And that said, though, the idea of being champions of the American League for a year would be pretty cool, I have to say. And that also hinges on what happens the following year when the Rays made the World Series in 2008 and lost to the Phillies in five games. They then missed the playoffs in 2009 altogether. And that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. You're like, hey, we, we were in the World Series and we made it and we're the champions of the American League. Take that, everybody. And then you miss the playoffs. And that doesn't seem like a fun thing. Uh, End to that one at all. Uh, You don't have real bragging rights if you're not making the postseason the next year. Um, And I still think that the Rays are a solid team, even after losing to the Dodgers this season. So I don't know that they're going to be missing the playoffs next year, depending on what happens with the playoffs uh, and you know how many teams are making it these days, (laughs) because everything's up in the air. But if the Rays do faceplant in the regular season again, and then that would take away some of the shine for me retroactively. Uh, It it would dampen those memories in in my head. A little bit. It would be kind of like the Royals having their two good years and making the World Series and losing to the Giants, and then making it again and then beating the Mets. They got that World Series, so they they can hang their head on that. But if they had lost both World Series after just years of inept ineptitude, and then a uh, years following of ineptitude being roughly a five hundred team at best, uh, then you know it, it doesn't hold a lot of water for you. It's a good thing that they won that World Series, or else it would have been like, eh, shrug emoji. Um, Do emojis work in podcasts? Probably not. I should probably edit that, but I'm not. So with that, I think that I'd still take the A's consistent route to the playoffs, and I know that a a lot of fans and people that are tangentially aware of the A's will write them off in the postseason year after year until they finish off the whole thing, but there's something that I enjoy about a decades-long struggle of just trying to get that trophy. And because when the A's do win again, it'll be that much sweeter. And it's not like they're not leaving us without great memories. Uh, we all remember 2012 very fondly. And that was just an another early exit for the A's. It's not like they have to win the World Series for us to really fall in love with this team year after year. So that's kind of what I'm taking into this is, sure, the, the ride doesn't finish the way you want it to every year, but you have a good time on the ride and they give you a nice product on the field that's easy to root for, even when they're bad they're an exciting team to watch. And I've never really been good at rooting for dominant teams in any sport because the teams that are supposed to win do most of the time and then hooray they did and The end, I guess. It's weird. I I don't know why people root for dominant teams, but with the A's, they they give you the consistency of making the playoffs, but then they break your heart year after year. So, So they're in that weird middle ground where they're a good team. They're good enough to make the playoffs so often, but then just bad enough to just keep losing in the playoffs year after year. So, uh... There's something about it. I don't like losing in the playoffs by any means. I just like that. They give me hope every year. And that's really all that you can ask for as a baseball fan. It just give me hope every year. Don't be, you know, wearing garbage bags to the games, like a, like a Detroit lions fan or a Cubs fan or any of those guys. Uh, They give you a shot every year, and one of these years, they're going to break through. And that's kind of just how I consume sports. I've always felt that if you put enough time through the ups and downs and you just keep with your team no matter what, then when they do reach the mountaintop, it's just going to feel so nice. Uh, Hopefully, that's the case, because I've been putting in a lot of time on this team. So my short answer is that I would take the A's. But if Russell meant taking the Rays postseason berths as a whole over the last 13 seasons, then yeah, I'd take those few early exits to get a couple of World Series losses. So uh, it depends on which one he meant, but I'd go probably for the A's. But uh, if he meant, you know, the the Rays franchise as a whole for 13 years, uh, then the Rays, definitely. And feud settled. So coming up on the show, I'm going to be talking about the Miami Marlins big hire. So stay locked in with Locked on A's and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by the best tasting protein bar ever. That is right, we are talking about Bilt Bar, and the Improved Bilt Bar is even more delicious -er. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, which include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also got their original 12 flavors, like orange, And all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They are protein bars that taste like candy bars. And their bars are built for the health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. All of their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, High fiber, and great for the keto diet. So, to get your hands on some of these delicious treats, all you got to do is go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. That is one word locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. You also get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So, hurry up, go to builtbar.com, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. And also, please tell a friend because we are doing Ace coverage for you guys five days a week. Uh, I announced the new schedule yesterday, so uh, it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Friday, Saturday. Uh, as I said before, my wife is off on Wednesday, Thursday, so uh, we like hanging out, and I don't like uh, going away and or staying up very late to record podcasts after she, after she goes to bed. So uh, that is why the schedule change is happening. It's I'm fine. <laughs> just in case you were worried. Uh, so yeah, that's all that. Um, also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on, a's, on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So the big news around the baseball world on Friday is that Kim Aang was hired by the Miami Marlins to be the team's next GM. Aang is the first female general manager in North American men's pro sports and the first Asian American GM as well. So big congratulations to Kim Ang And to a lesser degree, the Miami Marlins for making the higher. A couple of weeks ago, when the Bean News broke, I said that uh, if the A's need to fill their GM vacancy, I want them to go out and find the best person for the job. I don't care about their demographic. uh, Male, female, uh, black, white, Asian, anything. It does not matter to me. Find the best candidate for the job, and it appears as though the Marlins hired the best person for the job, and they should be commended for that, uh, if we're being honest. Good job on the Marlins. They're doing good things in the world. Um, Aang first applied to be a GM 15 years ago when the Dodgers had a vacancy and has spent 30 years in baseball starting when she was 21. She is only 51 years old, you guys. That's pretty impressive. And impressive because she's been in the game for 30 years and she's only 51. That's the impressive part. Uh, so that that's a lifelong dedication to the game of baseball. Uh, commend her on that too. She stuck with it for a very long time and now she's finally... Finally seeing, you know, some of the rewards and some of the, the good stuff that comes with serving for that long in baseball. Um, and I've seen a few people point out that some of today's younger GMs like David Stearns and Theo Epstein were younger in total age than in years that Aang had been serving in baseball. So uh, they were under 30 years old when they were hired as the GMs of their team. And Kim Aang has been in baseball 30 years. So, uh, you know, there's still some ways to go, I would imagine. Uh, and my hope is that with today's hire, more women will be legitimately considered for these types of roles because there is no way that Kim Eng is the only woman deserving of a GM role out there. So uh, that's my initial take. Uh, there are lots of articles and think pieces about the Marlins hire out there on the internet today. So instead of rehashing, you know, what I read somewhere else and bringing that news to you guys, I just want to talk about the hire a little bit in general. Uh, and Honestly, I'm a little bit scared about how she's going to be treated and not by the other 29 GMs or basically any front office outside of Houston, but by the media, because in looking up how to pronounce her last name, because NG is not something that I'm familiar with uh, because I'm a simpleton, but I wanted to make sure that I pronounced her name correctly because, you know, you should do that. If you're using audio as a source, you know, announcers, when they mispronounce somebody's name. It's maddening because you just asked the person. Uh, so I had to look it up and I found th- this video of Max Kellerman of ESPN uh, talking about the hire and just heaping loads of praise on the Derek Jeter for hiring Kim Eng. He spent the first minute of this video without even mentioning Kim Eng's name at all. Uh, he went over Jeter's accomplishments and why he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer no matter where he played. He could be a right fielder for the Brewers and still made it to the Hall of Fame on the but first ballot. He's a Hall of Fame baseball gamer, you guys. Come on, brother. Hall of Famer this and Hall of Famer that. I'm a, I'm the real deal Hall of Famer. Uh, that was my other Tony Larusa impression. He is never far from my mind these days because uh, what a good hire from the White Sox. Anyways, uh, back to Max Kellerman heaping praise on Dare. Derek Jeter for hiring a woman, uh, because Derek Jeter obviously deserves all the credit for all of Kim Aang's hard, hard work over 30 years. But I guess before I got sidetracked there, all all I was really going to say about uh, Max Kellerman here was that he was acting as though this was like a notch in Derek Jeter's mythic belt, that he hired a woman to be the GM of the team that he now owns, and that's somehow an accomplishment for him. Um, It's not. Derek Jeter is not the story here. Kim Aang is. She worked her ass off to earn something that was handed to Jeter. Kellerman said that she broke the glass ceiling, but seemed to not realize he was making the story not about her, but about something that, uh, you know, Derek Jeter did instead. And you know, we have to be better than this, I think. And yes, I'm loosely including myself in the media on this one uh, because you know, I have a microphone and some people listen. So uh, I, I got to make sure that, you know, I'm doing my due diligence too. And I think that I've talked about Max Kellerman and Derek Eater a little too much right now, but I also want to make sure that people can catch it on their own when they see it. Because all the comments on this YouTube video were like, oh, what a great job. Yay. This is wonderful. And as opposed to being like, hey, Max, you should, uh, you should talk about some other things. Like, you know, the woman that he hired, that'd be great. I feel like we have to treat her like a regular GM. We have to make sure that she gets the benefit of the doubt, just like everybody else, because she's going to make a bad trade. Every GM does. Remember Billy Bean, who's out, he's probably on his way out of Oakland. He traded Josh Donaldson. That's a big deal. He also traded on Cespedes. That's a big deal. Those ones were blunders. They did not work out for the A's, and still he is Billy friggin' Bean. Some people don't like him for that, but you know, obviously he had a little bit of a track record before he got to those points, but still. You have to allow her the same ability to fail if she is going to make a bad trade because everybody does. Not everybody makes it a long time as a GM. Billy Bean's probably a bad example. AJ Preller was le- legitimately sending over false uh, medical reports when he was making trades, and he's still thought of as a brilliant mind. Dave Donborowski's whole thing is just trading a bunch of young guys to get talent to win right now and then leave before the team just implodes. Uh, that He's thought of as a god in baseball, and I just think that When she makes her first trade, how the media treats it, is it gonna be like, oh, a woman made her first trade, that's so cute, or is it gonna be like, oh, this is a horseshit trade, why did she do this? Or is it gonna be like, hey, the Marlins made a trade, let's see how this works out, you know, like it should be. And I know that's not how sports media works because you have to have a winner and a loser like immediately after the trade gets made and all that stuff. But uh, you got to give her some leeway on this one and just maybe she has a long-term plan and maybe she's going for... I feel like where the Marlins are kind of works to her benefit in this one because she's not going to be tearing down the team to get, you know, the Sixto Sanchezes of the world and stuff like that. She's going to be kind of trying to put together a team to win now, which should benefit her a little bit or at least afford her some benefit of the doubt in the long term because uh, if you're making win-now moves, people think that you're a genius and whether or not the Marlins are going to be winning now or you you get a couple of guys that are like, oh, hey, this is a piece that they can move forward with or this is a piece that they might be able to win a championship with as opposed to we're trading Stanton and Yelich uh, and uh, Marcelo Zuna and JT Romuto. We're trading all those guys, and then we're going to see how it goes. She would be lambasted for that, and I think that any GM would. But the fact that she's not in that position and that they are closer to contention may work out to getting her some leeway with the media initially to let her build some of that track record. So that is my hope, at least, because being the first in any field Is special, but it also comes with a lot of pressure to avoid controversy and succeed in order to keep the door open for those coming behind you. And from everything that I've seen, Aang is definitely qualified for this job and she more than deserves it. And I I have no doubt that she's gonna do a great job as the GM of the Marlins, so I'm wishing her good luck and that, uh, you know, she's treated fairly like any other man would be in this same position. So uh, I hope she gets a fair shake from people with their megaphones. That's my take on the Kim Ang hiring from the Marlins, but uh, that is going to be it for me this week, you guys. If you have any questions or comments for us, please send those to lockedonathletics@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I'll answer those on the show whenever you send them in, so uh, keep that mailbag full. Also, I want to do a A's history lesson for you guys. Uh, let me know who you want me to cover. I, I've done the old timey guys. If there's somebody more recent that you want me to you know, uh, talk about, let me know who that is. Uh, I would prefer it to be somebody who's not like Jose Canseco or Ricky Henderson. I, I want it to be like Ruben Sierra or Stan Javier or something like that. You know, some random person. Well, not random because, you know, I, I remember them sort of, but I don't know a ton about them. So People like that because in my head it's it's a history lesson. It's not a hey, remember nostalgia. Uh, I want it to be you know I want to be informative. So uh, let me know who your A's fan or your A's uh, players are from A's history and all that stuff. They could be Philadelphia A's. They could be Kansas City A's. It doesn't matter. I want to learn a little bit. I want to. Tell you guys what I learned and uh, make it a little bit of fun for you guys. So uh, give me your suggestions on that one. You guys can tweet those at us at Locked On Athletics if you want to, or you can uh, send those to us at Locked Athletics at gmail.com. Either one works for me. Uh, but that is it for me today, you guys. So until next time, stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland, keep wearing those masks, and I'll talk with you guys on Monday.